Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's Olympic year, and one man with his eyes firmly on the podium is Olympic high jumper, Commonwealth Games gold medalist Hamish Curran. He joins us right now. Morning, Hamish. Morning, Stephen. How are you going? Great intro. Yeah. <laughs> well, you deserve it, right? Uh, happy New Year, and uh, nice start of the Lovelock Classic. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I yeah don't usually sort of jump this early in the season, but... Um, just decided that that we had some things we wanted to try. So yeah, why why not get in the in the nice weather and enjoy some nice comps here? Yeah, wh- why is that? Why wouldn't you normally jump this early? Um, oh, I mean, we've changed a wee bit of stuff in my um in my technique and just in terms of uh, what we've been doing uh, in training and stuff. And so we just wanted to see what was what was happening in an actual comp, just adding a little bit of extra pressure. And you know, I usually jump on a Saturday anyway, so it was kind of like, well, there's a there's a comp on a Saturday, two, two hours down the road, so why don't we just go and jump in that? Now, let's before we just sort of dig, dig deep on that one, I hear Timaru's got a new track, and it was actually sort of, of Olympic class. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I think that was something that last year we reflected on and, and sort of realised that I wasn't doing enough jumping on really good, high-quality tracks, and so when we found out that Timaru had laid this track, which is essentially the same track that the Olympics is going to be set on, um, we thought, well, we're going to have to get down there and, and jump at some point. And sure enough, I mean, it was a great surface, and it's it's awesome that we've got access to, to something, you know, so close to home like that. Let's talk about the major change in your career, and that's a new coach. But he's a mate of yours, James Sanderlands. Yes, yeah, good mate, and, and now a good coach, James Sanderlands. He's, he's been awesome. So talk to me about what he's bringing to the table this close to the Olympics. Because is it somewhat of a risk or not? Um, I mean, there's always a little bit of a risk involved. But I think what um, what James really can do is he can... Uh, like, I wouldn't say we're really changing a lot of stuff. I think it's more we are... Um, you know, we're, we're taking all the stuff that we've done over the last few years and we're just really making sure we're kind of taking stock of it and understanding what is really important and what we need to hold on to. So Terry, my, my old coach, is, is still heavily involved in that process. It's just, I think what Jimmy brings is the communication and the skills to be able to bring the whole support team together. And especially, you know, I spend so much time overseas these days to have someone in that role who, who's a really good communicator and can really kind of share all the ideas and, and, and sort of filter what's happening in my world back to my support team back home is, is something that, you know, I think we've just been lacking a wee bit in the last few years, and I think that's something that he's going to be able to do really well. I was quite surprised to see, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you've got something like eight people in your support crew. <laughs> yeah, 
I think I think that's a pretty standard support crew for for a high level athlete. People probably just aren't, you know, advertising it quite as highly as I do. But I think that for me, those people are just, you know, they're so important. Um, you know, they all play their own different role and they all kind of feed in at various points of the year. But I know ultimately, um, you know, the most important relationship is between me and the coach, and that's the one that we're trying to cultivate the most. Yeah, no, I was looking at um, some really interesting stuff I want to talk to you about uh, because he's working on uh, shape of the curve, rhythm, and maximum velocity through the curve. Now, explain the importance of all of that. Um, look, it's, I mean, you obviously need more, you know, you need more horizontal velocity to be able to convert into vertical velocity because uh, vertical velocity, you know, the speed you get off the ground is, is what ultimately is going to make you jump higher um, and so yeah it's all about working on how we can create that in a way where I can still control it um, and the way you do that is, is by obviously changing the way you run your curve because also your curve is important because you need rotation in there to be able to actually go over the bar backwards yep. so it's sort of a it's just a relationship between all those things that you know we identified at the end of last season that I probably didn't have enough um, horizontal velocity to be able to to you know, get up to those big heights that I want to get up to. So it's firstly building that, uh, and then it's working on how we can kind of apply it in a way which, which we can control. And so that's sort of at the stage we're at now, which is which is, requires a little bit of tinkering and a little bit of patience, but I think it's also something that, especially with the technology we've got now, we can really get some good sort of data as to, as to whether it's working or not. Yeah, what tech are you using? I noticed in a story that I read uh, a little bit of the old number eight wire, with, with particularly in the ta- with the takeoff and using what was described as force plates. Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got a couple of things we do. Um, probably the main one we use is uh, we've got a radar that we can um, set up and we use that sort of once every couple of weeks um, down in our training our training base, and that is just measuring how fast I'm actually running um, and relationship between how fast I'm running kind of the start of my run-up versus the end of my run-up and, and sort of that change. So that's that's the, probably the main thing we use. But then, yeah, like you said, we've also got this force plate which we can put on the ground and I can sort of jump off it and it will tell us, um, you know, ultimately are we putting more force into the ground uh, and more force in the ground obviously means um, hopefully more force sort of sending yeah. me up into the air. And so, yeah, so that's something that we're also playing around with at the moment and I think we'll probably use it a lot more in the future. But yeah, at this stage, it was just kind of a bit of an idea that the boys had, and they obviously went away and, and sort of literally just built something in, in um, Jimmy's garage, and <laughs> it sort of worked out to be something that we actually use quite quite a lot now. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued too. Is it, is it a bit like a rocket taking off that you've got to get that, that number on the money to get the maximum velocity up from the takeoff? Um, it is and it isn't. It's like I, like I said, it's, sort of, it's all about what you can control. Um, so obviously, you know, we can keep putting more and more and more force into the ground. But if I can't actually control that, then, you know, I'm going to get injured. I'm not going to be able to actually use it to jump up. I might sort of just blow into the bar or sort of crumple on takeoff. Mm. So it's it's working out what that optimum is. But at the same time, ultimately, you know, we do have to increase that number. When you're tra- When you're training for this particular sport, where does the emphasis lie physically on training to, to, to find all the things to make the perfect jump? Um, it's, it's probably a combination of, so it's a power sport. So obviously you're, you're thinking you need to get as strong and as fast as possible. 
And so for me, that's a lot of legwork, a lot of squatting um, in the gym, and then also a lot of running on the track. Uh, and then, so it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like being a sprinter, but then also having to worry about sort of power weight ratio and, and a little bit more sort of finer technique, I suppose. So yeah, so that's sort of, that's what we do a lot of in the gym and on the track, but then obviously we jump a couple of times a week as well and that's sort of more technical stuff. Is it a grind? Oh, yeah, it's always a grind at, at points, but at the same time, I mean, you know, I'm pretty lucky to be able to do what I do. I, you know, I'm, I travel the world and I, I jump over things and, and, and that's kind of, you know, the most important thing in my life at the moment. So it is a pretty, pretty good life. Where did this idea of jumping over things start? Oh, I reckon I'm just like the kid who never grew up at, um, at school. You know, everyone loves high jump back, back in the day. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think I was always good at it. I loved athletics. All my mates did it. And, you know, it was just fun to go down to the track on a, on a sunny day and just, and just move around. And, you know, I think as I got older and, and slightly better, I probably took it a bit more seriously every year until, yeah, until probably 2021 when I obviously went to Tokyo and kind of was sitting there looking at it going, shit, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty good at this. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just sort of, it's just taken me, taken me places and, and I just, I just love the whole journey. I, I find that fascinating that you say I'm sitting at the Olympics and now then you go, oh, actually, I'm actually okay at this. I mean, honestly, was that, was that a, an epiphany for you at that point? Uh, yeah, it really was. It really struck me. I think, I think also COVID kind of didn't help because we had that real kind of period of isolation beforehand where I was getting really good and I, and I probably should have been on the world stage um, a couple of years beforehand, but we just didn't have that opportunity. So to sort of have that, that kind of work done behind the scenes and, and sort of a little bit disconnected from the global sort of global stage, I suppose, to actually then be put on it um, in Tokyo and, and realise I can kick it with the big boys was, was a pretty special moment. What are those moments like? What's, what's it like being in the Olympic competition, knowing that actually this could be a really important starting point going forward now? Oh, I love it. Like, I mean, you know, I think about what this year brings and, and even, you know, just the, the change in intensity, the change of focus and, and how, you know, how much of a, a global impact the Olympics has. It's, it's just such an exciting thing to be a part of. I mean, I just can't wait. It's going to be awesome. The World Indoors are coming up in Glasgow. That's the, the first a big step towards it. How much do you have to change the way you do things for an indoor meet versus an outdoor meet? And, and that out indoor meet, does it affect your preparation negatively or positively? Um, yeah, so the, the track indoors is slightly different to an outdoor track. Um, it's not massively different. I mean, it's not like, you know, taking a completely different run-up or a completely different approach. It's just the way that your your foot contact interacts with the track is a little bit slower. And so for someone like me, who's actually a sort of a slower takeoff jumper, um, generally we find that it's actually quite good for it. However, um, yeah, there's certain surfaces which are... are slower and certain ones that are faster and I think that in Glasgow it'll probably be a faster one so it will sort of still be like an outdoor surface and then I think in terms of how it affects the prep what is really important for me as well is getting high level competition Mm. Uh, and it's something unfortunately I can't get in New Zealand so for me I think I've actually got a really awesome balance uh, this domestic season if you can call it that of you know a few local comps a few just kind of how you go and let's test some stuff and some, some good tracks in New Zealand and then also a little bit of so let's actually test it under pressure uh, with some high-level stuff overseas, even if it's not on exactly the same surface. 
How scary is that first jump in international competition, the first one where you want to qualify, the bar's been set, you've got to go? Yeah, I mean, my my qualifying record, uh, especially at World Champs, hasn't been amazing. Um, I had a had a bit of an upset this year where I failed to make the final at World Champs, um, or sorry, last year. But I think, yeah, qualifying periods, are, they're really weird. Um, you obviously... Uh, doing a high jump comp, you want to maximise your opportunity, you want to jump as high as possible, but you also know that there's a certain height that you're going to reach and then you're not going to have to jump anymore. And so it's sort of, it's just trying to remind yourself that don't worry about what everyone else is doing, just really focus on on your jumping and your process. And yeah, I'd like to say it's that easy, um, and it it clearly isn't because I haven't quite got it right yet, but I think that, I think it's definitely there and it's, it's it's just a massive mental game, eh? I've known. I love how I love how high jumpers bring the crowd into it when there's so much else going on on the athletics field in the middle of a stadium. Uh, do you think you guys don't misinterpret this line I'm talking to you? But do you think you guys are the special ones? You know, you're the, you're you're sort of like the athletics rock stars, or the field the are. field the field rock stars. High jumps the best event. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I think. I think we we have a unique kind of um, ability in our event that it's really easy to contextualise. So for like a long jump or a shot put or a discus, you know, the winning throw could be thrown on any round yeah. the entire competition, whereas high jump and, and pole vault, you know, the, it sort of accumulates. And then as you're getting to the pointy end of the competition, then that's when the winning jumps happen. And so I think that that, you know, for a, for a spectator is really exciting. Um, but like you said, you know, there's also so many things going on on track at once and, and sometimes it is hard to kind of keep up to date with everything. And so, you know, if we can make heaps of noise and, and make everyone come over and watch us, then, then that's really good for our event. Uh, I'll, I'll use this analogy. Some guys talk about, I spoke to Scott McLaughlin, right? Motor car racer, Indy car racer, Kiwi boy. And I said, what would you rather do? Would you rather win the Indy 500 or would you win the championship? He said, Indy 500 every day of the week. So for you, is it winning a gold medal or meddling it at the Olympics or trying to hit 2.4? Um, I think it would be winning at the Olympics uh, this year. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that at the same time, the thing that got me into the sport was always trying to jump as high as possible. Um, and so I think that if I was to, to walk away with the 2.4 as well, I'd be pretty, pretty stoked. But, yeah, I think that's something... Something says, you know, there's, there's nothing else in the world that says Olympic champion like being the Olympic champion. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to say that. Stronger, higher, faster, baby. That's how she rolls, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hamish, thanks so much for your time. We wish you the best of luck at the indoors. And then uh, go get them in Paris, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Hate.